Thank God it's Friday. You're listening to TGIF, the horror movie podcast that brings you all the casual conversations about your favourite or not-so-favourite horror movies with your host, me, Kat. This week, I am joined by horror screenwriter, content writer for Ghoul's Mag, Rue Morgue, and author of the Scream and Dark Stories uh, book. I didn't know what to... Novella <laughs> book? <laughs> Jerry, book. welcome to the show. Hello, Kat. Hi, thanks. Yeah, um, it's a book, you know. Yeah. I was like, it's... it's because I actually have it in um, my cart on Booktopia. So I'm just, I have to spend $100 to get free shipping. So I'm like thinking like getting other recommendations so I can chuck oh. it all in my chart, in my cart and check out. That's and good so to I'm know. I'm excited to read it. Yeah, thanks. I'm Hopefully excited for you too. <laughs> um, so tell us, actually, tell us a little bit about The Scream and Other Dark Stories. Uh, well, it's a collection of short and micro short kind of flash fiction. Um, I call them horror stories, but they're not, they're just really dark. Uh, a part of what I've always kind of like delved into in my writing is sort of shadowy ancestral trauma and the things that we inherit and all that fun stuff <laughs> that we like to talk about with other horror <laughs> lovers. And these stories just kind of came out of like a lot of different places, a lot of different inspirations. And I put them together with my publishing company that's here in Portland, Buckman Publishing. And they got an amazing illustrator named Sean Krogan. And so it's just a collection of kind of flash fiction with these really cool illustrations. And yeah, we just published it this year. We're getting it out there, you know. Yeah. I, uh, as a writer, I don't always talk about myself a lot because we like to, <laughs> we like to hunker down and yeah, <laughs> and write. But I do. I mean, I I love I love the book and I love the the stories and what came out of it. So um, yeah, yeah, the exciting. cover is fantastic. Yeah, it looks, yeah, it looks awesome. It's very. It's kind of a reminiscent of like you know scary stories to tell in the dark. And I kind of yeah. that's kind of how I pitch it is like an adult scary stories to tell in the dark you know just like nice little flash in the pan stories um that kind of delve into all the icky darkness <laughs> that we can probably all relate to yeah I mean I think so you know I know I can so I'm sure other yeah. people can people listening to a horror podcast definitely will <laughs> yeah because <laughs> I've I've got that in my cart and another book it's like uh something mannequins and it came out this year it's a fiction um mm -hmm. mannequins something mannequins it looks terrifying okay. um i'll remember it one day yeah <laughs> yeah if it, let me know if it's good yes. i'm always <laughs> i'm always looking for for good horror you know books obviously um, yeah kind of offset am... all the movies yeah i have a really strange relationship with reading because i was a book critic with like my own blog and uh, Instagram and, and whatnot. And I found that I, I love thrillers, like give me a psychological thriller any day of the week. And yeah. it's, I can read it in one sitting. And so I've been trying to venture out of that and YA like fiction, yeah, but more like yeah. um, YA fantasy and sci-fi, not YA drama. Because I mean, even though I liked all the boys I loved before that, that series I've read. I oh, loved it. Okay. <laughs> it's on Netflix as well now as a movie series. Okay. <laughs> it was just something my sister and I bonded over. Right. But um I feel like there's not enough 
like horror stuff that I liked in the way that I liked Goosebumps and, mm-hmm. and those kinds of stories when I was a kid. And so yeah. I feel like I left horror and like horror books behind. So I'm slowly catching up. Yeah. I mean, I get that. I was definitely raised on like Goosebumps. And I mean, I was really raised on Stephen King, but I also yeah. like, you know, my cousins had all the Goosebumps books and um, I was like the hardcore Dean Coon, Stephen King. Reading. <laughs> I was like way too young. And, yeah. and then I would, and then I would read Goosebumps. And I'd be like, Oh, where's oh. all the, where's all the gory stuff? <laughs> oh, this is boring. You know, I was like, this is boring. <laughs> but I mean, I still liked it. I still remember a lot of them. <laughs> so they obviously yeah. made an impact. <laughs> yeah. My mom, um, when she was growing up, read a lot of Dean Koontz and Stephen King. And I just never got it. Like I never did it. I was reading like Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and stuff in my teens. Equally good though. But I also went through this, <coughs> excuse me, um, like I'm an elite literature reader. So I only mm-hmm. read classics for a couple of years. Uh, I was one of those teenagers where I just thought I was yeah. so cool because I was reading the greatest works of Shakespeare. Mm. <laughs> I was on the other hand, like I was all about the beatniks and you know when I was like 15 through 18 it was Jack Kerouac and Thompson and all that and I was you know determined to be uh that type of writer and uh you know I never was because it's not my thing because those were just (laughs) men (laughs) I couldn't you know I always wanted to to be on the on the railroad like ride the ride the train or something but no you can't do that (laughs) as that's women as safe. girls you can't do that that's, that's not, not okay. safe <laughs> that's dumb so I never actually got that's around to dumb. it <laughs> I mean the train tracks around here would be boring to be honest right. so <laughs> it's I've really got things from a different time oh. <clears throat> I don't I feel like I've inhaled a piece of dust oh no <laughs> what? ow oh. Okay, that's a lot better. Maybe I just needed some water instead of sugar drink. Um, <laughs> all I've had is like two Red Bulls and a coffee this morning. So, oh my, yes, <laughs> I think I would be <laughs> freaking out. <laughs> no, um, caffeine doesn't do anything for me. Oh, okay. It literally yeah. does nothing. So I could, I it'll keep me awake when I get uh-huh. to the PM, but um, it doesn't really like have any like stimulating effect yeah that's the one that's Mm -hmm. what i was looking for um cool writing where were we up to reading Mm -hmm. yes i am reading some stephen king at the moment uh i have been reading dr sleep since uh the start of the pandemic (laughs) (laughs) really i'm really enjoying it but it's just um it's finding time to read that Mm -hmm. i'm more because i i've you know, started here a scream and then I do the podcast and then mm-hmm. I work and I study and I tutor English students. So I'm just like, when oh do goodness. I read? Yeah. And um, yeah, it's a little bit hard, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I Stephen King, I found it was really hard, like his earlier stuff. And then when I started reading The Outsider and Dr. Sleep, it's like a totally different experience. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a totally different writer now than he yeah. was. It's it's like if you've read all of this stuff, it's interesting to kind of watch and see the evolution, you know, of, of his writing. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of writers that we can really do that with because he's so prolific and he's been around for so long. 
and yeah, so you can really just so yeah he goes from his like <laughs> way major coked out stage to his you know kind of having kids and dealing with that stage and now he's in his kind of twilight retiring <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I don't know how he hasn't I don't know how he still has ideas but good yeah. for him <laughs> he's he is incredible and that's not to say like he hasn't been problematic ever but sure. as, he's just oh he blows my mind like the yeah. fact that my grandma you know reads his stuff my mom has read his mm-hmm. stuff and now I am and I'm just like wow that's really cool <laughs> yeah I think that's super cool that's how I found him with my grandma she had every like paperback hardback every single thing of his and I just remember wow going to their house in California and I would just, like browse through his books I thought it was amazing um that's cool and yeah so I told it's like I inherited Stephen King from my grandma and you know uh, I'm trying to pass it on to kids of our family friends, but they're not too keen on it. <laughs> I um my my nieces like spooky things. Um, yeah. I've talked about it a bazillion times in the podcast. But this weekend, they well this week they're at my house and because um, it's school holidays here, mm-hmm. so I was working from home and they were just hanging out here for a change of scenery because my city is also in lockdown. Um, and they watched Goosebumps 1 and 2, the new ones, Jack oh, Black okay. films, yeah. and they loved them. And now my eldest niece is asking me for the Goosebumps books. Oh, I love so that. So she wants to read them, and I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the young- <laughs> so they came into my room after they finished watching the second. They watched both multiple times while they were mm-hmm. here for 24 hours. And so the <laughs> eldest came in, and she's like, Uncat, when I get older... I'm going to make Goosebumps movies. I'm going to make the next oh, Goosebumps movie. I and love I was like, that. Oh my God. Yes. And then the, the natural said, discovery. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, the yes. next generation. <laughs> yeah. And then the youngest was like, yeah, but I want to be slappy in the movies. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Just like, yeah, when I grow up, I want to be slappy. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> She's like, well, I'd be small forever. I was like, no, do you want me to put some bricks on your head so you don't grow? And she's like, no. <laughs> you had the you had the weirdest conversations with kids too. <laughs> uh, she, look, she's wanted to be a million stuff. different things. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But I was like, you, yes, you can be slappy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you want to be. So you can be yeah, anything you want. And that's what I said. You can you can be whatever you want. You can, you can yep. be slappy. Mind you, she spent the whole day telling me how terrified of Slappy she is. And I was like, well, I don't understand what you want. Yeah, but isn't that what, like, I mean, that's why we love horror, right? We're we're terrified of these things. But at the same time, it's it's like thrilling. (laughs) Give me more. It's cool. Yeah. Well, she loves uh, Ghostbusters, both of the Mm -hmm. Ghostbuster films. So we're taking her to see, hopefully, the new one when it comes Mm. out uh, later this year. She's really excited. Um, she also funny. spent an entire week refusing to respond to any name but Holtzman. So that was a fun <laughs> week. She wouldn't go by her actual name. Um, uh, yeah, they, both my nieces like spooky things. Uh, mm-hmm. We've watched Coraline together. I really want to show them Little Shop of Horrors, but I can't remember if it's appropriate. So I'm going to watch mean, it. It's on Shutter at the moment, so I'm going to watch yeah, it. And I'm just, the wrong person. It. The wrong person to ask because I will say yes, it is appropriate <laughs> yeah. no matter what it is. <laughs> I mean, the youngest has seen Halloween two thousand and eighteen, so I mean, oh, okay. yeah. she was like, she wasn't phased. She was dancing around my bedroom at the like D 
disco scene and I was like, all right, she really doesn't care what's happening. You know, honestly, I wasn't phased by Halloween 2018 either. (laughs) I really don't blame her. (laughs) Yeah, she doesn't find that stuff scary, but she was scared of goosebumps. And I was like, what? I don't get it. She did say to me at the opening scene, oh, I hope he doesn't kill the baby. And I was like, whoa, 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 out. Get out. (laughs) Out of here. Funny. I like that. She, yeah, it's a girl after my own heart. That's what I yeah. always say. <laughs> I think the thing that helps her is that uh, she is on the autism spectrum. And so she's like ah. quite pragmatic about things. She's like, this is mm-hmm. just a movie. It's just a movie. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's really I cool. Think that it maybe helps separate the, the reality from the fantasy. Yes. <laughs> I hope I'm so. Not, yeah. I'm not sure if I was able to do that when I was a kid. I took stuff pretty seriously. But again, I started with horror like very young, you know, like about it when I was five because of my dear oh, wow. sister. Yeah. And <laughs> and I proceeded to hallucinate Pennywise like for, you know, the majority of my childhood. <laughs> yeah. See, my nieces you know. know who Pennywise is, but they haven't mm-hmm. seen the movie. And I'm just like, mm, do I show them the Tim Curry it? <laughs> Hell she's yeah. seven. She's seven. She's <laughs> old enough. But I do have a t-shirt with Pennywise on it. And I was like, oh, Lucy, have a look at how cool this t-shirt is. And she freaked out. She was like, no, get it away from me. And I was like, what? I thought you liked Pennywise. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, I don't get you. I don't get yeah. You. Yeah. I don't That's understand. so funny. <laughs> Kids are so... It's in one of their games. Um, I'm not. Too, it's in Roblox in some game that they play, and um, Pennywise is a character that you can mm-hmm. play. And I think you chase each other. I think it's something about piggies. I, I don't know. Hmm. Someone with a child, let me know. Because <laughs> I don't. I just say yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I yeah. love it. I love I'm where in. you're going with this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> um. So this week we're talking about The Lodge because mm-hmm. I put out a tweet and was just like, I want to talk about these movies. And you responded with, let's talk about The Lodge. Um, so usually I ask, why do people pick the film? But mm-hmm. instead I'm going to ask you, why do you like or dislike this film? I do like it. Yeah, no, I do. I like it. Um, when I watched it today, it was the second time I'd watched it. The first time... Um, was I was maybe a little more impacted by it. You know, it's not it's not really anything groundbreaking. And this kind of this kind of came out in a time that, you know, there really wasn't a lot of groundbreaking horror, but I do remember seeing a little teaser for it and being really excited because the teaser was really kind of fair, you know, it was this little droning music and it had it basically captured the ambiance of the movie and that it's the isolation horror that I love about this. So that in combination with just like a really bleak uh, yeah. ending. <laughs> yeah, it's just the whole, the whole feel of the movie really comes together for me. And despite, you know, kind of seeing some things uh, from like kind of called a few things like, I, but I, I can't even help that. I've watched so many horror movies. It's hard to not call uh, you know what's gonna happen but despite that yeah. I thought they did a great a great job and you know like 
the twists and turns like it's pretty inventive and riley yeah. co is really great in it co, co i think he, um co? i, I think look, it's co. it's, elvis Presley's granddaughter <laughs> that's what i know her as. oh is she really yeah oh yeah. no way yeah i think that's it's so granddaughter cool. it might be great granddaughter depending on the but yes yeah um i thought she was amazing awesome. so yeah i really i really like i really like the movie um and I can really look past the things that I, you know, I'm not thrilled about. I I, I can do that with, yeah. with movies, you know. We have to do that. No no movie is perfect, no. except for a few movies that are perfect. Okay, give me one that you think is perfect. The Thing is perfect. I actually haven't seen The Thing. Uh, well, it's and perfect. if I have, I just don't remember. <laughs> okay. Well, I think I think it's it's a it's a pretty perfect film, and I have to say, The Shining. That's awesome. Also, you know, so. I love I do love The Shining. Yeah, yeah. Those are those are films that I can't find anything wrong with. If you don't sure. look at yeah, if you don't look at like who made certain things, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I and it. I can look I can look past <laughs> that stuff. So <laughs> I can for for certain things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, The Shining is really interesting. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was one that really um, got me in like a wormhole of looking mm-hmm. at so many different things and symbolism and themes. And oh, I was yeah. reading for days because I was like, I need to know everything about this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, The Lodge shares a lot of the themes of The Shining. Yeah. And it also, um, a lot of that slow pan cinematography and the low droning music and especially toward the end of the lodge, the score really reminded me of The Shining. So maybe that's why, you know, I'm kind of drawn to this movie. It just has some of those elements that I really enjoyed. I just love how bleak from... this film is. Oh, it's so bleak. It's it's definitely like, not one. Oh, damn. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, they don't pull any punches, which I love. No. And that's how that's how I write. And those are the those are the films yeah. that I, I really am drawn to. So, you know, like, I'm somebody that's like, give me a not happy ending any day, please. I don't care. I don't care if it's a happy ending, a sad ending, but this, oh, like, this mm-hmm. whole movie, I was just like, oh, like, covering, because oh, yeah. I watched it um, again earlier this week, and I was just like, oh, fuck, I forgot this happens. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> So The Lodge is a 2019 psychological horror film directed by Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala, written by Franz Fiala and Sergio Caschi, Cassi? I can't, uh, just because if it's Italian, okay. it wouldn't be key. Let's go, let's go Cassi. And starring, uh, stars Riley Coe, Jaden Martell, Leah McHugh, Alicia Silverstone, and Richard Armitage. Its plot follows a soon-to-be stepmother who, alone with her fiancé's two children, becomes stranded at their rural lodge during Christmas. There she and the children experience a number of unexplained events that seem to be connected to her past. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, (laughs) I was talking about this, um, when I had Cat and Jazz from Girl That's Scary. I was just talking about that. This is a movie I watched most recently. And she was like, Mm -hmm. those kids get what they deserve. (laughs) I was like, oh damn! But she's not lying. Yeah. They do. <laughs> she's not. They are not lying, and they do. I mean, if there's yeah. ever been a kid, two kids that that get what's coming to them, it's these two kids. I've I'd say that these kids might go down in history as some of the worst, yeah. um, just 
horrible. These kids are horrible. But, but, you know, at the same time, they're completely traumatized. They're dealing with, yeah. you know, their dad who's made this really bad decision. <laughs> and they're dealing with the death of their mom. So it's like, yeah. but. But that's so excuse. questionable. Oh, my God. Like, that oh, guy. Worst dad. I mean, he just kind of pops in and pops out, making bad decisions, and then he just leaves. It, yeah, he's, like, he's so not yeah. great. He's not great. He's fucked. I hate him. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll get we'll get to the dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I love the opening for this film because mm-hmm. we see there's lots of like wide angle shots, and um, their house is super like uh, like the palette is just so drained of like color and enthusiasm mm-hmm. and um the their mother uh laura played by alicia silverstone mm-hmm. is like putting away doll part like uh parts into the dollhouse mm-hmm. um which is which is very hereditary <laughs> like yeah it, this this has a lot of parallels to hereditary too mainly mm. with the way that they set this dollhouse up and it's showing us what's gonna happen basically which I yeah. thought was an interesting choice, and I'm not sure. I know that Hereditary came first. I think I think I know that. Yeah, the year Hereditary before. Came first. Yeah, and obviously, they were done on completely different timelines, and I'm sure you know nobody had any idea. But what an interesting thing that they both just happen to have these yeah. very prevalent <laughs> setups in a dollhouse that are that are telegraphing what's going to happen. Yeah, because in this scene, she places the mother at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. And then goes to take the children over to their dad's house. Yeah. And I was just like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. Um, so uh, Laura drops off the children at Richard's house and we learn that their separation's not mutual because uh, Richard had been involved with another woman and he's telling Laura that they need to finalise their divorce because he's already proposed to his new partner, Grace. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the Yeah, it's horrible. Ouch. I yeah. mean, he's he's there cleaning up like the remnants of the previous night's good time, and you can just see Laura's face. I mean, she's already you know that there's something going on with her, and it's like you can't even have the courtesy to just sort of make sure. I mean, we don't know how long they've been separated. I don't think, yeah. but you know, you know it isn't mutual, like you said, and you know that there was cheating involved because the kids bring that up later, but this woman is obviously distressed and yeah yeah it's it's a very very dark opening just because you can sense that something oh, is yeah. going to happen the dread I mean, is there and you're like the dread uh. is there at the very beginning <laughs> and you're just like is he going to kill her is that is she, <laughs> what's going on yeah. uh, but i love these and and it's used a lot throughout this film just the lingering shots on people mm-hmm. um for just too long that it makes you uncomfortable and they do that a lot with laura's reaction to what richard is telling her mm-hmm. and i'm just like oh i'm just getting the heebie-jeebies because you can like you said you can see the cogs ticking and she's like uh what yeah yeah it has a really like a, a real 70s feel the 70s horror was a lot of that it really took its time and i think this this movie really takes its time and like you said it holds on people's reactions and it lets you settle with how they're feeling before it just moves on. So it's, you know, there's nothing rushed about it. And I think that that really helps with the kind of development of the story and the amount of time it takes to meet, you know, Grace is, is another good example because there's just this looming presence. And so 
I love the way that they they kind of make you sit with all these people. And the dad is literally the only one that's oblivious. And he's just, you know, he's yeah. a happy guy. He's a happy guy. He's, he's like, like, oh, like, this is great. I love young this. Young woman, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and everybody like, else. Up, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so the movie cuts over to Laura cleaning up around her house, uh, just putting things away, tidying. Her house is absolutely spotless. Mm-hmm. And she sits down at their dining table with a glass of red wine. As the camera closes in on her face, Laura carefully removes a necklace that she is wearing and then draws a gun from her purse. Laura puts the gun in her mouth, pulls the trigger, spraying blood and brain matter onto the wall behind her. The camera lingers. Mm -hmm. And this is where I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot this happened. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she didn't even pause. It's so interesting. It's like no hesitation whatsoever. This is not that like will she or won't she. She just does. Does it? Yeah, and I think that's like okay. Like seven minutes into the movie, exactly. If that, yeah, it's just um, it is a very shocking scene, and it's Mm -hmm. like okay, and it kind of because everything around it is so bleak, like the house color palette, Mm -hmm. um, the that droning music behind her conversation Mm -hmm. with Richard, um, the panning of the scenes, it's really abrupt the way it brings you back mm-hmm. to the movie and you're like oh shit okay i was yeah not expected at all i'm here i'm i'm watching i'm listening i'm, I'm here. yeah 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 it's like it it gives you a little time of it, it does this throughout the movie just a little bit of a, a break and then it pulls you back in a little bit of a break pulls you back in and i think that that's great um just building the world and building this tension um, and this scene, it's like the scene almost releases you from this tension that's been building only to go into this weird ass Thanksgiving scene. Oh, <laughs> uh, before that, it's the weird ass funeral scene? Oh, I forgot about the weird ass funeral. Yeah, that was weird too. Because, oh. um, yeah, so it's kind of like in the background, it's just the pastor talking, and we don't really hear what he says, but we hear him mention Laura a few times. and we mainly see the reaction from the children mm-hmm. that Mia, who is the youngest daughter is incredibly sad. Um, and then there's Aiden who is the eldest son. But what I, lo- I died laughing when they go outside and they're all, you know, standing mm-hmm. together and she ties yeah. the doll to the balloon and the doll is meant to be her mother and it yeah. doesn't float away. And I'm just like, Oh <laughs> yeah. That little girl Oh, poor she's girl. great. That poor girl. But I also have to say, you know, these people are releasing these balloons into the stop atmosphere. <laughs> stop. Anybody that wants to do that, please stop. <laughs> Not appropriate. And there are better ways to express your grief. But I do have to say that the pastor, when he was talking, something that really stood out to me, like during the funeral, was the amount that he was talking about, you know, praying for Laura's soul so that she can cross yeah. over. And this idea, you know, because the religious iconography and everything in this movie is so prevalent that this little girl's kind of taste of, you know, religion and at this funeral is that like hearing, oh, I hope that she'll be able to cross over, go into heaven. And and so, you know, that's then a really interesting. Doesn't go off. <laughs> and then the balloon doesn't go off. So now but I love really how she just up. cracks it and just like snaps it and she's like leave go away yeah yeah um, that's pretty heartbreaking yeah. I I laughed because like 
<laughs> I'm that it's callous funny. sometimes. Yeah. And it's funny. It's, yeah, it's funny. It sucks. Yeah. I knew what she wanted to do. She wanted to yeah. say goodbye to the doll as well because, you know, the doll does play a big part in this film yeah. too. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, that poor girl. That's how it She's works. only like seven or something. Yeah, yeah. She thought she really had something there. <laughs> My heart for her. Yeah. Because um, we see them later that night and Mia is crying inconsolably. Uh, with her father patting her head as she sobs. And this was kind of like a nice scene because, but also the dad really didn't know what to do for her. But I guess parents would be feeling that way sometimes with loss. Yeah. Yeah. And kids don't know how to handle it. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're having to, I mean, he was already kind of estranged. He's not estranged from his kids, but they don't they don't appreciate him leaving their mom in the first place. So he's already yeah. having a hard time communicating. And then this girl, her crying, that crying, like this, this actress has <sighs> seen some things because she's a good little crier. And that's exactly like, I remember when I was a kid, I used to cry like that when I got overwhelmed. It's like, I just like, whoa. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd be able to console her either if I were her parent. Mm. Because she just tells her dad to leave. He's just like, just go away. But I love that. This is probably the only part I like these children. Mm -hmm. uh, Because Aiden brings in his blankets into her room and sleeps on the floor next to her, holding her hand as she cries. And I was like, okay, I like that. That's okay. Uh, And then this scene cuts away to the dollhouse again. And... um, we see all the family as dolls doing different things in the house. Look, I don't really know what the symbology of that is, that they're yeah. using these dollhouse scenes, but I guess like it, it does have some something to say. Well, I, I'm not sure if it's just a framing device for us. I know that a little, like, I know, I know that I think that they're using it as like a kind of a test to play out the kids are using it as like a thing to play out what is going to happen later, you know, because, uh, and so, but we never see them doing that. We never, it's just the camera just goes to, you know, this house, which event is the lodge that they end up going lodge. It's a cabin. I mean, it's a house, like a mansion. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really big house in the woods. (laughs) Yeah. Big ass house in the woods. But yeah, I mean, I always just kind of see that, as sort of telegraphing what's what's going to happen and the most that I got out of it was just as a, as a framing device as far as the dollhouse yeah. is concerned you know I mean everything that's in that house is in the the other house so I really just think that it's there for us to kind of you know set a, a mood and I'm not it's sure if I can mood. read anything else into it yeah <laughs> you know, that's why I was like okay there's a dollhouse I guess that's cool yeah yeah exactly <laughs> I mean, so, uh, why they have a dollhouse like that, I don't know, but whatever. Yes. <laughs> Six months later, uh, Richard is setting up their Thanksgiving dinner uh, and he's putting out plates and he puts out a plate for Grace, um, which the children don't too, take too kindly to. Uh, and then he also announces on top of that that they're going to be spending Christmas with Grace at the family's lodge um, so that they can get to know each other. And, you know, Aiden's like, aren't you working? And he's like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no problem. I'm going to leave you there. And then, yeah, I'll leave you with this complete stranger that, wow. like, 
you know, I basically left your mother for. Yeah, bad decision. Yeah. And he also tells them that they better get used to it because he's going to marry Grace. Mm. And Aiden says, it's all her fault. And you left mum for a psychopath. And Richard's like, <laughs> what? She's not a psychopath? <laughs> Which she isn't. Well, no, no. She's not a psychopath, uh, per se. But he does know. I mean, he does mention, I think it's good to, to notice that Aiden mentions um, something about Richard's book. So it's, yeah. it's obvious you have, you know, you have an idea that, okay, this is maybe somebody that Richard was writing about and and you kind of get which which is also very um morally pretty ethically gray at best that he would be dating the woman that he's writing about but we don't know anything about her yet no um so the children are quite angry about this and grace arrives but richard actually goes out and tells her that basically the kids aren't okay you sorry but you've got to spend thanksgiving on your own now (laughs) enjoy so like he's not only a shit dad but he's also a shit partner yeah he's pretty he's just shit this guy shit yeah yeah no he disappears pretty fast um i get a little confused as to why he makes these kids sit outside in the freezing cold while they're eating their dinner (laughs) <laughs> under the the hanging plastic turkeys i'm a little confused as to why they did that but you know family traditions and all <laughs> but i lo- <laughs> it would be so cold it would be so I mean, they were all like bundled under blankets <laughs> i wouldn't even know what november like coldness is in oh. you know the the west uh west, east coast of america because i know they're in massachusetts think, yeah so yeah, yeah. it'd be freaking freezing i can imagine disgusting the cold is the worst. But I I love when they cut back to the family all eating in dead silence. Yeah. And Mia is making a little bowl of food for her mum doll. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. That's so cute. Okay, maybe I like Mia in this scene. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you can really understand why they're having a hard time up till now. Yeah. I mean, six months is not a long time after your mom has died to... Your mom has died in that way to, to spring something like this on them. So and, and I get it's so it. strange because, yeah, my parents separated when I was like five or six. And mm-hmm. I only, like my dad never remarried, but I only met like one of his girlfriends mm-hmm. ever. I never yeah. met anybody. Like my dad was just like, that's inappropriate mm. until I'm sure. Like six months after like... A parent has died, and you want to be like, "I'm getting remarried." Are you yeah. kidding? Well, he's obviously just, therapy. <laughs> yeah, he's just a, an incredibly selfish character. Like everything yeah. that he does is just selfish, including you know yeah. just telling Grace to kind of get out of here on Thanksgiving, even though she has nowhere to go, and, you and know. he invited her. Mm-hmm. And it's just like. You don't care yeah, about Grace. You don't care about battle. your kids. Yeah, like, think about your children. You'd go, okay, Mike, it's only six months. It's our first Thanksgiving without their parent, like, their primary caregiver. Mm-hmm. And maybe we should just do it just us. Yeah. Like, that'd be the appropriate decision. Yeah, well, if you're but reasonable. <laughs> we all know he doesn't make appropriate no. reasonable decisions. So. Very few. He makes very few. 
Yes. Uh, later that night, Aiden and Mia sneak into their father's office and they're going through his computer where they find a disturbing video from Grace's past. The video includes uh, footage of the cult that Grace had escaped from. So she was in quite a like a fundamentalist Christian cult and mm-hmm. kind of like doom, doomsday. Is that like yeah, I think an apocalyptic cult? Probably based off of Heaven's Gate. Um, yeah. That was the feeling that I got. Is very much mm. like the way that they had staged everything with the the mass suicide. It seemed a lot like Heaven's Gate. Yes, um, but we do see them in like a church sermon together, and they're all just mm-hmm. dressed like a bunch of Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. I can say that because I was a Mormon, um, <laughs> and that's how I dressed. Um, and. Then there's also like a footage. Uh, I can't. I don't know who's filming. If it's like police footage. No, um, I think it's. You're, you're talking about when when they go down in the basement. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's Grace that's filming that. Oh, Grace is filming. Yeah, oh, that's she traumatizing. Was, she was the last. Yeah, she was the only survivor of that, and so yeah. it shows her going down, and she's got the camera, and you don't really see that it's her until she looks in the mirror, and she's got the. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're all, um, so there's all these people who have, you know, um, taken their own lives and they're draped in purple silk with each of them with a piece of duct tape over the mouth with the word sin written on them. So she didn't die from their suicide plot. No. So I'm guessing she partook and then didn't end up dying. I think it was like it was either that. Yeah, I think it was either that or she was meant to be the sole witness you know there's there's all these kinds oh, of okay. you know like when you're de- i don't know when you're dealing with those kinds of religious uh cult type things the the idea of the witness is is really prevalent and i kind of felt like yeah. maybe that was what it was for her that she okay, was meant yeah. to be that like there's someone to document kind of what survivor that could tell the tale <laughs> lives to tell the tale yeah that's, that's so my sad. interpretation of it <laughs> who knows mm. Yeah, that, makes, yeah. that, that, that actually I makes know. a lot of sense. Uh, obviously, Richard catches them. Um, I can't really remember what happens here, but I know that he's trying to explain that Grace isn't a bad person and that it's all okay kind of thing. Uh, which she, that doesn't, just because yeah. she was in a cult does not make her inherently bad. So. No. Um, which no. is fine. So uh, a few days before Christmas, the four arrive at the family's remote lodge, where the children are clearly not too stoked about Grace being there and actively refuse to even interact with her, which is really horrible. She's like, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, (laughs) she was the other woman, so for the kids. The choice, yes. (laughs) She's marked. She's a target. Yeah, she's exactly, exactly. I mean, it's also... It's also hard because, you know, from the kids' point of view, yeah, they blame her for their mom's death, which yeah. is really unreasonable, but kids are pretty unreasonable. Yeah, look, uh, my mom did cheat on my dad and left him for the other man, and yep. I hate him to this day, so yeah. I get yep. it. I yep. totally get it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they are openly hostile towards her and basically act like she is purposely trying to be an asshole, which she isn't. She's just like, I, I'm just trying. Like, mm-hmm. what do I do? Help. Yeah. And, but you know, she's also, see, she's so, she's strange. She's just a strange woman. Yes. 
you introduce her, you know, you see her when they're driving, she looks her, like she looks herself in the mirror and checks her nose because we see that later that she she gets nosebleeds a lot and she's yeah. just the way that she kind of moves and the way that she, the way that the camera works on her it's always very close up on her and it, she's just a strange character so you have you know it's yeah. not like she's just like bubbly of pieces like I'm your stepmom she's, you know, she's this no. strange weird woman that's coming in trying to talk to these kids that are totally traumatized and they're just like our and, mom just killed herself and yeah. you're from a cult and yeah. you're super awkward and yeah she just doesn't have the social exactly. skills either to interact mm-hmm. with these kids she probably doesn't know what's like cool and popular and how no. to even talk to kids who aren't in the cult mm-hmm. exactly be like well how do I talk to you like yeah. how do I interact with you? how do I find common ground because you and I definitely do not have anything in common God, no Except no. the dog. She brings her dog along. Uh, yeah. Grady. Oh, Grady. Another shiny reference. Yeah. I was about to say a shiny <laughs> reference. <laughs> Two great minds, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Richard and Grace are being intimate later that night. And <sighs> those kids are just like, he's like, be quiet. And she's oh, it's so she just awkward. starts giggling and, uncontrollably. I mean, that at that point, I was just like, what is your, what is your problem? I think they infantilize infantilize her, like make her to be quite, I I can't say the, like, infant-like, because I can't say infantilize properly, Um, which is a little bit yuck for her as a character, but also understandable because of the situation that she came from. She would have been treated like a child. Exactly. Yeah, And so a lot of her behavior is a little bit off kilter and a little bit like, oh, that's, I wouldn't do that. That's exactly. weird. <laughs> yeah. And all the more reason to make sure that she's never left alone with children. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. And I think that the dad made a bit of a poor decision in that because, yeah. you know, obviously Another everything one. goes yeah. to the shithouse. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so the next morning, Grace wakes up and finds that Richard, Aiden and Mia are outside skating on the pond. So Richard is digging out um, like a skating. I don't know how skating works. It doesn't snow where I live. <laughs> Honestly, I don't, I don't either. I just... <laughs> yeah. Really we can just guess either. that's what happens. Yeah, you can go out on the ice. Yeah. Um, so she gets ready, puts on warm clothes, a hat, and sets off in her skates. When she arrives at the pond, Richard asks Aiden to to give her a hand, and he skates on over with Mia, and all he says is deadpan looking at her, that hat was mm-hmm. our mum's. Yeah. Uh, so Grace quickly, like, removes it as quick as she fucking can <laughs> and hands it back. <laughs> like hands it to Mia who just puts it on top of her already existing hat and they skate away leaving her there and I was like I'd be upset by that yeah Yeah. she looks kind of cute yeah it's pretty cute um yeah you of course you'd be upset by that and again why the hell is this guy not telling Grace that make sure you don't you know put on anything in the house although she should know too that if there's a a woman's hat it's probably going to be their mother's yeah exactly that that should just already be a thought in her but look i don't know i don't know what she was thinking but she she does respond appropriately mm-hmm. but yeah she doesn't say a single word she just hands it back because what else can you say like you can't say anything nothing you say is going to mean anything to these kids just give it no. back that's all you yeah. have to do and I, i'm glad that she does she just is like okay okay I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, well, she's not, not... Even I'm sorry. 
not even I'm sorry, she's not pushing them really, you know, so it's not that frustrating thing where you are pushing pushing them to uh, like her. Like I've seen a lot of things like that. Like why aren't why don't you like her yet? Like this is your new mom. Why aren't you? And and I I do like that they don't do that in this movie. You know, yeah. it's really kind of natural, even though it's really awful <laughs> the way yeah. that like the kids kind of come treat her. And but at the same time, you know, the fact that she's not falling all over herself to try to pretend impress them, I think is really good. Like, like yeah. <laughs> Exactly, because yeah. it would almost be worse for that, because you know they're not going to like her anymore. Oh, no. And so she's just, you know, it's like all three of them have suffered from their own traumas, and they're all just kind of existing in this sad world. In I know, this really sad place. <laughs> really sad place. Um, a few moments later, Mia, who is playing with her mum doll, uh, it... Because she's playing out on the ice and Grace yells out to her, you know, um, there's a water hole there, like a fishing mm-hmm. hole, which I'm assuming would make the ice around it quite mm-hmm. um, fragile, I think. I, don't, I, I mean, I, that's, I guess so. Yeah. I, it, it seems like where would you fish in that hole if, if, it's, if the ice is that? I don't you know. know. Like, I don't know how it works. Not, neither of us are, are ice people. We're speculating. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing that's what it is. Yeah, it's, she's telling her to be careful because, you know, kids are constantly trying to kill themselves in situations. Exactly. And I think you don't Grace notices them. that because mm-hmm. it's quite a, um, like, a instinctual response. If you do see a yeah. child doing something dangerous, you want to, whether you like kids, whether you don't like kids, yeah. it's still something you do as a human to preserve their safety. Exactly, um, yeah. So she does try to grab, uh, she goes, uh, she's after Mia and the ice around her actually breaks and Grace falls through. And uh, Richard and the two kids like help pull her out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And Mia's kind of like, oh, my doll, which was saved, (laughs) by the way. That was what she Um, was really concerned about. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, she's what, six or seven? Yeah. They don't don't care. No. Honestly, they don't. I, (laughs) I know personally. Yeah. Care about your doll. <laughs> um, so later that day, Grace is upstairs in the bedroom taking her medication when Richard comes in and tells her he doesn't think he should go back to the city if she isn't feeling up to being left alone with the kids, which should yeah. have been a decision he should have made in the first place. That's like his only bit of instinct, and he totally doesn't even follow it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, fuck it. I'll go back to the city. <laughs> you know what? That's like, I don't care. What? I... I... Stay. I mean, she tells him. She does tell him it's totally fine. Um, but I have to say, it's not very convincing because no. she always looks like she's two seconds away from crying. Uh, yes. So, yes. Uh, but she does say that it's okay. So maybe he's giving her, you know, agency to make her own decision yeah. or whatever. <laughs> whatever weird <laughs> thought rationality yeah. he tried to apply to that. Yeah. Um, while she is saying she is fine, though, she is hiding her medication up the back of her T-shirt. So I'm guessing she doesn't want people to know that she is, um, in a way, medicating for the things that she has gone through. So yeah. that's like a suffer in silence kind of thing that she's she's trying to to deal with at that point in time. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know, I mean, because we don't know their, their history and I, I only assume that he was writing a book about her, you know, and that's how they, they got yeah. together. But it would be interesting, you know, for them to spend that much time and that he still doesn't, he doesn't know that she's taking these pills. Like that must be a really, yeah. Um, if that's the assumption that we make from that. Um, but that's also really dangerous. We don't really know what kind of pills they are. You know, are they antipsychotic? Well, don't they, it. <laughs> they don't explain it. I mean, the way that she goes, it's kind of an explanation, but um you know, that's one of those things that, you know, maybe if Richard knew that she was on this medication, he would feel, maybe I don't leave them alone. A bit more supportive of her and how she feels as well, rather than just yeah. accepting, oh, I'm fine as an answer. Like, people say I'm fine all the time about things. Yes. Yes. Listeners, if somebody says I'm fine, they're probably not fine. <laughs> read between, it's okay to read between the lines and <laughs> offer support. I mean, don't if push you feel them, like but... something's off, yeah, yeah, the amount of times where, uh, it's probably off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Richard does this really weird thing where he takes out a gun from a oh, safe God. and shows Grace how to use it. I'm like, why? Who are you shooting? I mean, he doesn't only <laughs> like. I mean, the safe is the combination of the safe is one, two, three, four, five which is really annoying. <laughs> oh, I and didn't then... notice that. <laughs> and then he takes it out. And, you know, when they go out there, it's the classic, like, mansplaining how to shoot a gun oh, yeah. when she knows full well how to shoot a gun. So, you know, I, I enjoyed that. I always like that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like, here, honey, let me show you how to do it. And then and she's like, no, let me show you. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need your help. Uh, which I, I do like that too because mm -hmm. like like you said earlier like Grace is just always like two seconds away from crying like tears are always welling in her eyes yeah. and it's just like I kind of feel for her yeah for like, sure I really do yeah she's a very sympathetic character I mean at times she's yeah. kind of in, in, infuriating um but at the same time you know the mental illness and the way that it's portrayed in this movie is really it's really well done I think you know, and and yeah. she's amazing. She's amazing in the role. So as infuriating as she can be, and as kind of you know not adult like as she is, I'm yeah. guessing she's only 24 or something. That's, That's the like vibe a, I get. Where I'm like, yeah, 25. Yeah, not that much like, older than like her boyfriend's kids. Exactly. Not old enough to have a 13 year old son. Definitely not old enough to be left not alone. Not mentally, with them. anyway. <laughs> no, yeah, and that is the thing. I mean, it, she really feels like she's mentally stuck. Probably when that suicide happened, like that was probably when her development was arrested. So, you know, yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's that's just what we get for her character, and so everything that she does, it it really makes sense in that lens. Yeah. Because it's just like, that's how I remember doing things. And that's just how mm -hmm. I do things now. And yeah. I mean, I'm learning some new things, but yeah. <laughs> I guess. I guess. But yeah, I, I really do like her in this film as um, she's incredibly flawed. She's in, mm -hmm. goes through a roller coaster of emotions. And I kind of really like that there's not a lot of dialogue throughout the film. Like once they get oh. to the lodge, it's just all action and um just physical storytelling rather than mm -hmm. uh, verbal storytelling and that's what keeps you 
so engaged with the film because you're like if you're not watching you're missing things you're yeah. gonna miss a little part of the story yeah I totally agree I think the lack of dialogue the lack of exposition the way that it makes yeah. you kind of um put the put the pieces together yourself is that's my favorite type of storytelling uh because yeah. you know and especially when you're working with kid actors even though these two are great um the one kid is from it I don't I'm, I don't remember his name but uh they're they're really good kid actors, but at the same time, the more you give kids to say in these in these types of movies, the more it kind of pulls me out of it. Because yeah, you, you know, it's just usually people don't write kids very well, and I think that the screenwriters did a great job. You know, these yeah. kids, these kids are hard. I hate these kids. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! They're evil. They're a new kind of evil. And diabolical. Yeah, I was like, who? Like the the writers for this, the mm-hmm. oh, and yeah, the way they wrote these kids, I was just like, I need to give you a round of applause because yeah. like I love horror movies with kids. I love it. I love um, you know Salem's Lot and mm-hmm. you know uh, these movies with these kids. But you always kind of empathize with them. You don't hate them the way you hate them in this yeah, movie. Where you're just exactly. Like, and they're not even like supernatural kids. They're just regular yeah. kids, and that's they're even just- the worst part of it. Quaddy little bastard, <laughs> and, and you're just like, but 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 pretty genius too. I mean, like, yeah. you know, these kids could have gone on, could go on to live some some pretty like a really creative life. That's what I see for them in the future. Yeah, like um, you <laughs> know how creative. there's like this you know theory that a lot of the people who are in like the highest positions are sociopaths and psychopaths For that's where sure. these kids would go yep. both of them definitely yeah aid like marketing directors yeah president i, said, I States, work I in marketing know. so i'm like i get it i, I know these people <laughs> that's so funny. future marketers uh, yeah i call it the dark side um <laughs> So Grace keeps trying to befriend Aiden and Mia, but obviously, like we said, that she's not forcing herself to bond with them. She's just there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she'll make them food and she'll do things that she knows she needs to do as the caregiver for, for these kids, like making mm-hmm. them sandwiches and, and whatnot. And there's a scene where Mia is starting to warm up to Grace. Mm-hmm. And except what she does is really nasty um from my perspective because she's like do you want to see what we made dad for christmas this year? oh my god that was awful <laughs> uh yeah i know and i was like you little bitch yeah. and so she like lures grace into this i'm gonna be your friend but actually what i'm gonna do is really like make you uncomfortable and not want to be here so yeah. i fucking hate it because the present was literally just a bunch of home videos of their mom and and dad and them at the lodge in better times and i on the yeah. one hand i understand you know these kids are not i mean it's probably been a year maybe since yeah. their parents broke up you know and and they're not over it and so it's like i i get it and i also get that kind of like yeah you want to sort of dig the dig the knife in a little bit but for like me as young as she is, yeah exactly i mean what's what's worse like what's more biting than that i mean like you're not my mom and that it's it's rough for Grace, but I didn't hate that from Mia. I thought it was pretty like 
rough and harsh, but I kind of understand it again, yeah. you know, yeah. just like, She's you know, you're here. Yeah. You're and not, it's an you're not going to replace her. Yeah. And it's kind of like Grace knows that as well, mm-hmm. but that reminder, and I, I I do understand that she gets up and she leaves and yeah. she's kind of like reflecting on things and she knows that. And she's, mm-hmm. she's not there to replace their mother. She's there to be the partner to their father and mm-hmm. provide caregiving to them. She's, she never says anything like I'm here to replace your mom or no. I'm your new mom. And so the kids taking it down that route is really in her face yeah. and really harmful towards Grace, which I, I think is really sad. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't understand they're she... excited. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, this is the part of the, the the movie where you can really see kind of both sides, you know, before yeah. it takes a turn. And, like, I don't really think she's excited. I mean, I know she's not excited about being stepmommy, you know. That's not what she no. wants. <laughs> she didn't sign up for that. No, she didn't sign up for that. She didn't sign up for two traumatized children. So... but it's just it's the constant reminder I think these kids are constantly reminding her you're not our mom and we blame you and so she's already in this low place yeah that's really sad yeah later uh Aiden actually gets up and leaves and locks himself in his room and Grace goes in to offer him a sandwich he doesn't even respond to her which I was just like at least say no at least say no like it's just say go away like have some respect whether you and the thing is like whether I hate or like or love someone I will still respect them Mm -hmm. as a person and you know say my stepdad if I hated him at a particular time Mm -hmm. um he's not my stepdad anymore uh because a my parents and well my mum and him aren't together and he recently passed away so (laughs) that's okay it was a weird time um especially for my younger siblings which is really sad but um you know he he had a new girlfriend and whatnot and I'm sure that my siblings didn't treat her that way or were rude and they were respectful and that's Mm -hmm. what I'd expect out of any child regardless of whether they hated them or not and I'd do the same and my stepdad I wouldn't tell him I'd at least give him common decency of responding to him if he spoke to me yeah, and I mean, Aiden, and he's, he's like 13, right? Or 12 or yeah. 13, Aiden, yeah. So he's old enough to, I mean, be no the better. older kid. Yeah, maybe no better. I guess he's, no. but again, I just keep going back to the fact that these kids are so traumatized. <laughs> I, like, I totally like, get it. It's, like yeah and and you know what i keep thinking too is uh you know back when laura shot herself in the face how do we know that the kids didn't find like her. richard didn't bring them home and they ran in and saw her there like there are levels yeah. that you know to the whole thing that i have to give i i give them the benefit of the doubt up until a certain point in this movie <laughs> And then I'm like, oh, no, fuck you, kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's in the next couple of days where you're like, exactly. no, no, yeah. you kids are fucking yeah. possessed Mental. by the devil. Yes. Yeah. Uh, later that night, Grace catches Aiden watching her as she gets out of mm. the shower, um, which is really horrible because he's yeah. just, like, super creepy as well and just, like, hangs really around creepy. watching her stark naked. Yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> <laughs> My 
throat's like, I don't know if it's getting sore again. Um, oh. Later that night, Grace sits at uh, at the dinner table and basically tells Aiden, that's not cool. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she tries to really talk to him and it's a really uncomfortable conversation. I mean, obviously it's going to be uncomfortable, but yeah. she, tries, she tries to like go the long way around it and like ease in and then he he's not responding. So she's like, Oh, you just want to watch me take a shower? You know, like she just comes right out and says it, and it's so, it's so uncomfortable, and you know that it's not helping. Like this conversation yeah. is not helping, but at the same time, like good for her for actually yeah. forcing him to him. acknowledge her. Yeah, because she's yeah. he's treating her like she doesn't exist, and that's. I mean, you can only handle that so much. Oh, absolutely! And it get to a point that was her tipping point, I think, where she was just mm-hmm. like, no. This isn't okay anymore. I'm fucking done with it. I'm fucking done with your shit. Yeah. Uh, So this is where all the fun begins Mm -hmm. for Grace. Oh, the not fun? I don't know which one. Uh, Fun for us. Fun for us, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So the next day, Grace finds that some of her belongings, including her medication and the food that they had uh, for the next couple of days, has gone missing. There's a storm going on outside, which is basically storm that uh, like snowed them in, um, and mm-hmm. the electricity has gone out on any everything, including their phones. But we have to uh, say first, just really quick, um, the the night before is when they watch a movie together. Well, it's the uh, thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah. <laughs> Aiden Aiden goes out and brings the gas heater, the space heater, into the oh, room. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and. At this point, Grace actually asks Aiden, like, is this safe? Which I thought was really funny because you're asking a child if something is safe or not. And he's like, yeah, uh, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> and so they have this gas heater set up all night. And that's like the last that we, we see of that before all that happens. But that's a yeah. pretty big, just the thing that comes into play during the kids kind of what happens. It's like a lull into, say, like, security kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's really, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so Grace thinks that the kids are pranking her. And she's kind of like, all right, now you can give me my things back. This isn't yeah. funny anymore. This isn't funny. And because the medication is gone as well. Like, yeah. I am, I'm on, uh, like, anxiety medication. And if I don't take mine... Um, when I'm meant to, my body is not okay. Like I get mm-hmm. weird head spins. I feel nauseous. Mm-hmm. I can't hear properly because, like, I've got lots of brain fog, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know what's happening right now. <sighs> and so yeah. I can only imagine what it would do if, like, we see how Grace uh, is impacted by not taking her meds. Mm-hmm. How long that is, like, how that would make her feel. And it's pretty quick too after she stops. It ca- mine is real, mine is like 24 hours oh really yeah like um so if i don't take mine in with, within the 24 hour period i can last like another eight hours and mm-hmm. then it's not so good mm. and i'm like oh ho, ho, i'm sick right well that's probably a similar timeline i mean mm. for her and her i don't know again we don't know what she's taking but yeah you just think about the lapse in time in the in the film since she can't take her pills and kind of her downward spiral that kind of uh, tracks so, it's about the same amount yeah. Of time. yeah i think so too i think yeah it's like a, a just a day and a half or something where mm-hmm. she just starts yeah. to be like mm, mm, what happened yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so she actually gets quite angry and snaps and swears at them. And that's like the first time you hear Grace even like borderline aggressive mm-hmm. towards these kids. Because obviously she knows the importance of her medication. Oh yeah. Like she knows what's going on. And she keeps asking um, them like, did you do this? And they don't respond. They just stand they just there. Ignore her. Yeah, they, like, they're like not even they're not even denying it. They're just standing, not answering her as she's going and seeing all these totally fucked up things and how everything is missing. And I think that's so weird. They're just so calm and but at the same time not acknowledging her exactly. That, yeah, because she's oh, unraveling as well. Mm-hmm. Because she's freaking out, like, if I don't take this medication, like, and where are my things? And where is the food? And we're stuck mm-hmm. in here now. And um, obviously, like, that kind of situation is highly stressful. And for mm-hmm. somebody who, you know, has gone through some quite traumatic things, I can only imagine, like, how stressful it is for her at this point. Yeah. Like, how do I protect these kids? How do I look after these kids? There's no food. I have no meds. I have no belongings. Mm-hmm. There's no, what do we, how do we get out? Yeah. Yeah. How do we get out of here? Phones um, aren't working. Yeah. But they go on to say that some of their things have gone missing as well. Yeah, yeah. As like, don't dog. worry. Our, it's so weird. Our things are missing too. Weird. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so around the cabin, Grace starts to see things that are a little bit weird, like clocks being uh, forwarded to a later date and words like repent written on the mirror. I know and so like and before that she's already noticed that there's religious iconography around the house Mm -hmm. like crosses and that's making her very like oh I don't want to be here like uncomfortable and unsettled as it is because like she doesn't want to see that shit she's just come from all of that yeah and you know I was wondering I I was trying to remember from the beginning when they were watching the film of her um in the cult or the film of the Mm. cult because the, the clocks are turned to J- January 9th. And I was trying to remember if that was the day that her cult people killed themselves. Because it seems like a really significant date. Yeah. And I mean, I could have just gone back or I could have like looked up the information. <laughs> but I think that's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> that yeah, I, I feel that like, sounds, you know, sound to me. Yeah, because what she, she's starting to hear like whispers and she's starting to hear her dad's voice. Yeah. And he, as he's telling, you know, I guess they used to he used to tell her to repent your sins and ask for God's forgiveness. And it's all this kind of stuff yeah. that he was saying in his sermon and stuff like that. And so she's starting to hear these things. And I really feel, or at least I really hope that that date, you know, is that really significant time in her life when everybody killed themselves. Yeah. And she even tries to turn it back and then it gets turned again to the same date. So it's very much that kind of like, Amityville, you know, like, oh, the same, the same time every morning, this fucked up shit happens. <laughs> yeah. Poor Grace. Yeah. Poor and not having, like, the medication, because she, we're starting to see her foundations in reality start to slip a little bit. Yeah. She's just like, I don't know if this is because I haven't had medication or is this actually happening to me? Mm-hmm. Um, because the kids are unfazed. Completely unfazed. They're totally like, eh, whatever. Yeah, but um, Aiden does mention that that she's she's like sleepwalking all the time, and yeah, you know, just, like he he kind of brings that up as a because we see her sleepwalking previously. Yeah, <laughs> just another thing that she does. Weird. 
I mean, yeah. more people are sleepwalkers. I guess it's normal. <laughs> Just don't keep weapons around. <laughs> don't keep weapons around. Yeah. Uh, no knives, anyway. No knives. My sister yeah. used to sleepwalk when we were kids. So that's why I'm like, uh, eh, she doesn't yeah. anymore. Um, so a couple of days have passed. I don't know. It just says days passed. I think it's only like a day because it's only four days before Christmas when they go to Mm. the lodge. So I can't imagine it's been a long time or where the dad is or what's going on. Um, So Grace is growing incredibly anxious, not only due to lack of meds, but also because it's cold and she's hungry, which is really like fucked up. Because I'm just like, why would you do that? Yeah. These kids are fucked. Yeah. Um, she thinks she hears Mia talking on the phone. And, barges <laughs> and Grady in. is also gone. Yes, I, ha- I did write that. I did read it. Grady has gone missing. Um, <laughs> and he's yeah. so cute. He's like this little Maltese terrier. He's basically her yeah. like mental health mm-hmm. support animal at this point. Um, yeah. So yes, uh, Mia is pretending to talk on her phone, which I thought was really weird because I was like, who's she talking to? Yeah, I'm saying like, to when I was a kid too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's normal. That's yeah, fine. I get it. Although, um, when I was a when I was really little, um, my grandma tells me this story that she got a phone call from me, mm-hmm. and um, it was just me babbling on the other end of the phone, and she got really worried that oh something God. had happened at home, and that like I had gotten on the phone, like not like on purpose to call her, yeah. but my because my mom hadn't like realized i was on the phone and so she drove over to make sure everything was all right at home it was just me i press redial <laughs> my grandma you're just talking to yourself <laughs> yeah i was just chatting away on the yeah, phone and my grandma's yeah. like mm, something feels weird i'm gonna go over there no it's just me being weird it's good of her to check though oh uh, yeah oh they, <laughs> we only lived around the corner so she was like yeah. oh okay i'm gonna just, just make sure because her mother should have no like seen her on the phone by now right um so others strange and seemingly supernatural things happen we talked about grace hearing the voice of her father preaching sermons um and she also starts to see bizarre visions of um like the basement and like people repenting or praying um and so we kind of get the idea that with the visions that she might suffer from some sort of like uh like ptsd flashbacks and Mm -hmm. like ptsd like a hallucinatory um yeah like flashbacks yeah and that's what's causing her anxiety i don't necessarily think she's suffering from like a psychosis or anything i think they Mm -hmm. kind of do that to her spoiler alert yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. and so yeah like uh as someone who has uh you know i've just gone through a lot of therapy for my ptsd i Mm -hmm. i think that the filmmaker is trying to portray her PTSD through these visions Mm -hmm. and that Grace is having a difficult time telling the difference between the two, which can happen. Um, Especially if you're disassociating and you're like, Oh, I don't know what happened. Is this, is this real? Is it fake? I don't know. Um, So she is obviously really having a bad time without meds. (laughs) Yeah. Like you're starving Mm -hmm. at this point. Um, So this is (laughs) where Aiden (laughs) tells her, that he had a dream that the heater malfunctioned and killed them all and he thinks that they are dead i love that that's so funny that's such a uh it's such a good thing for them to put in like this idea it's like she's already kind of started to 
disassociate. She can't really break, you know, this this reality versus fantasy, you know, thing that's going on with her. And then this kid mm. comes and literally just lays on her like, I'm pretty sure we're dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, excuse me? And she gets so mad at him and he just stays so calm. Like, that's it. There's no other explanation. We're dead. Like, we died. <laughs> And she's just like, uh, no, no, we didn't. Why are you doing this to me? Yeah. She, yeah, she does get quite aggressive. And obviously she was, she's hungry. She's cold. She's had no yeah. medication for a totally. couple of days. These kids are assholes. Yeah. And you know, they're sneaking off. Well, I mean, spoiler, but you know, they're, they're not, ha- they're not hungry. <laughs> no, they've been getting fed. Yeah. It just, oh, pisses me Little off bastard. so much. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> So um, Grace attempts to go into town yeah. for help. So she like wades out in the snow and she's just like, I'm going to go, I'm going to get out there. Um, and basically uh, she finds um, this like weird area where she finds a cabin shaped like a cross, which I thought was really weird. Mm-hmm. I was like, did she actually see this? Um, yeah, really weird. And, yeah, she Great sees her father. Though. Yeah, it looks awesome. But she sees her father and she thinks he's calling to her to like come to the cabin and she's like, oh no. And she makes her way back to the lodge again. So she's like, okay, mm-hmm. this was a bad idea. We're gonna, we're gonna stay here. Because <laughs> yeah, thought... there, I'm gonna be in here. <laughs> <laughs> I got the impression, I got the impression that she was surprised to find herself back at the lodge. Cause she yeah, because like, she wanders around yeah, and she's like, oh. She stops, she's like, wait, wait. <laughs> Like, I think she was trying to go into town or something, but I don't know why she wouldn't just go, you know, down the road that they came in instead of just walking across the ice. I don't, look, I don't know. Too far gone. That makes sense. (laughs) That's why. Yeah, exactly. Some things that happen in horror movies, I'm just like, I wouldn't do that. I do the thing that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Sense Uh, of disbelief, I guess. Yeah. She gets back into the lodge and finds a photo frame of Aiden and Mia that says, in loving memory. (laughs) Oh, I hate these kids. Uh, She also finds a story about them all having been killed from carbon monoxide poisoning on December 22nd. Which, again, I have to say, pretty brilliant. This is a pretty brilliant setup. These kids are really smart and creative. For kids? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So Aiden is insisting that they are dead and grace is like we are not dead but later that evening grace comes across aiden hanging in the open stairway but he be he looks unaffected by what is happening um because he's he just wants he is showing hey we're stuck in purgatory now this is where Mm -hmm. we're going to be forever we're we're stuck and this scene i was like oh are you dead <laughs> are you dead? I'm like, it made your ah, question. That's you? good. I don't know. It did. Yeah. I was like, wait a fucking second. Yeah, I think the first time, <laughs> I, like, the first time I watched it. Yeah, well, I mean, knowing I know how you know movies are made, so it's easy for me to be like, I know how he did that. But this kid is like only thirteen, <laughs> so how did he rig that contraption? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's so inventive, but um. You know, I, I don't think I ever thought that they were in purgatory. I think once that 
picture frame came out that showed, you know, in loving memory. And then they found the, I was just like, okay, well, you know, you kind of see where this is going, but it's still, she's yeah. by that point, she's so far, she's so far gone. So she's like, really, she's, even, she's, she's had, like, fuck. yeah, she's, she's completely dissociated. She's been having mm -hmm. dreams and then she ends up, which again, another very hereditary thing. She's, stands over them like with a gun in her hand you know as she's, oh, yeah. dreaming. So she's dreaming that they're under the, the purple blankets with the, the masking tape over their mouths and everything like oh, she's cracked is... yeah i think just... that was my favorite scene i love i love dream i love well done dream sequences like that yeah i was having trouble telling the difference between what was a dream sequence and what wasn't but i yeah. kind of liked it yeah so like, okay I like how you're setting this up because right. I'm questioning everything at this point where I'm just like, <laughs> right. is she with the gun and she's just hallucinating them like this? Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I like I it. It's, it's really, Dangerous. yeah, it's great filmmaking. I, yeah. I really appreciate everything in this film. And it's kind of like this whole, I know everyone talks about this elevated horror and I would, I would consider it up there with that whole because it's not like in your face this is terrifying horror it's that no. dread and that suspense and tension that comes with the the territory of this quote-unquote um elevated horror yeah yeah it's not jump scares uh and it's not monsters it's it's very much the horrors of human nature and trauma yeah. and i think that comes across and I, I do think that when movies are dealing with those themes people do consider them like elevated um, yeah. even though like obviously in the in the horror community that concept is like really you know looked down on because I mean it's just horror you know horror is horror yeah this is just grief horror you know this is horror yeah. dealing with grief and trauma and other horror is horror where you know monsters jump out of closets <laughs> like, yeah I There's think elevated horror is just, um, I think the way that the horror community looks on it is like a a way that we can communicate it to mainstream movie watchers mm -hmm. in a way. So it's like, oh, well, this is that. And they'll be like, oh, like get out and hereditary. And you're like, okay, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's more, it's more <laughs> You know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. It, uh, yeah. Acceptable horror. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> Totally. That's what it should actually be called, but yeah. more like in a mocking way, like exactly. an ironic way, not yeah. in a, we actually think that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All horror is acceptable. Yes, it is, of course. Socially acceptable. Well, it should be, yes. It should be. <laughs> we'll see if that ever happens. <laughs> I don't um, hold my so, breath. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'll end up passing out and dying. Um, <laughs> exactly. Grace finally this is she just cracks it she goes out into the snow wanders around aimlessly and eventually falls to her knees and prays she is she is praying she wants forgiveness um uh in the snow she also finds Grady who has frozen to death which is really super sad, so, sad. Really so she sad. brings him back in I like how it like interrupts her praying plans and she's like oh better bring him yeah. in then yeah and this is when mia really cracks too like mia for the yeah. first time feels like real remorse because i don't think that that was a part of 
I don't think I would hope otherwise they're worse than I thought but I mean Mia that she goes back into that that sad crying uh and she's like begging Grace to come inside because Grace is sitting there freezing in the in the snow and in the ice and and Grace is just completely comatose she's not talking yeah she's not acknowledging them and she's just holding this frozen dog because oh, so Mia does blame herself because um, she had let him outside yeah. and I don't think she expected him to stay and die outside she's only no. a kid so she's like he'll come back it'll be fine yeah uh, but that doesn't always happen with um, I do have to say though kids. I hate I hate the dog die trope I, I hate it yeah in any movie I think we're past that like we can we can make our point without killing animals Please. Yeah, just let him disappear. Kill, it's fine. Kill the humans. <laughs> I don't Fuck care. Them. But like, yeah, they're they're asking for it. But please, like, oh, stop. I just want to get to the point where yeah. when I see a dog in a movie, I don't automatically assume they're gonna get killed in some way. I see. I have to go into the film that way. Mm-hmm. Every time I see yeah. a dog, I'm like, they're gonna die. They're gonna We're die. We're stealing ourselves. We're stealing our hearts for the dog to die. Yeah, fucking all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of overseeing dogs die. Yep, done Let, with it. Let's let's normalize no dogs in films. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um. So, basically, Grace is outside for the entire night because she she thinks they're in purgatory now, <laughs> and has to repent for their sins. So she just <sighs> is out. Mia's in. like, come inside. Yeah. Get inside. Yeah. Um, so I think Grace does eventually come inside and she begins her repenting phase by burning her legs on hot logs. Good God, this is rough. Oh, I can't watch this. This is, this is terrifying. Um, the things that she goes through. Yes, because she kneels, she kneels on hot coals or hot logs that are cold. And there's a scene where the kids have like run upstairs and locked themselves in their room and all you hear is Grace screaming mm. like over and over and over again and they you know we're just on the kids in the room and it's that's pretty terrifying like if you put yourself into the mind of those kids it's probably the scariest and her screams are top-notch oh also. yeah I, like I'm just like are you actually on yeah. those hot calls because that's what i would sound like if i was exactly and i think i guess that's why um these people are actresses because they i know and yeah they know what they're doing me (laughs) i'd just be like you have to actually hurt me to get that out of me (laughs) (laughs) because i can't do it otherwise (laughs) yeah it's gonna hurt my throat to do that so i'm good (laughs) yeah so the kids are terrified um (laughs) and then it's all revealed what their big plan was little demons so we find out that they had been gaslighting her the whole time into thinking that she was crazy. Uh, they had stolen her medication and other belongings headed in the crawl space. They drugged her tea and played recordings of her father's voice to torment really her. And now because she is cracked, they've locked themselves in the attic. Because they're just like, no, 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 I am not coming out because we have pushed this woman over the limit and now these are now the uh, consequences of my actions. Look what I have done to a mentally ill woman. Yes, this is a great portrait of like what happens when you gaslight somebody that could possibly crack and become dangerous. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I don't, 
um, she's not inherently dangerous, but in her lack of mental health care, yes, she is a danger and to herself and now exactly. others. I'm thinking, I mean, with her religious background, thinking that she's in purgatory and that she has to repent and the way that you repent from where she's from is that you hurt yourself. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, religion in general is a weird concept that way. Yep. And yep. <laughs> the idea that, you know, the self-flagellation and all the, you know, got to hurt yourself to pay the price or whatever, it seems pretty yeah. um, out there, but that's her belief. That's what she grew up with. And it's common. It, it is, is common. It's very common. Is really scary. And I mean, like, you've got the Catholic Church where you have mm. to buy indulgences to get your family out of purgatory. I'm glad they don't do that anymore. That was, yeah, that was a pretty, Wow. I mean, you it's all just... Money and I'll get your family out of purgatory. Uh, no, because purgatory A doesn't exist, and B, paying what whoever guards purgatory isn't going to get them out. Uh, why are people so easily manipulated? I mean, we can have a whole, you can have a whole podcast <laughs> dedicated to why people are so easily manipulated in that area. <laughs> like personally, <laughs> I'm a uh, like I'm a non-theistic Satanist, and mm-hmm. so like I don't believe in heaven and hell. I don't even believe in Satan. We just yeah. it's just called that because it's a big mm-hmm. fuck you to organize religion. And yeah. I came from like being religious. Mm-hmm. Like um, my family were I was baptized as a Mormon when I was ten, and then after that I spent a lot of time at like born again Christian like mm-hmm. um, social groups and youth groups and camps and nothing scarier. Until I was like. Than a born again Christian camp. Nothing scarier than Hillsong, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) And that's the church I was part of. And like I got to do some really cool things. Like I got to see Black Eyed Peas one year. That was cool. And POD. So like I'm not upset. But um (laughs) looking back on it as an adult, I'm like, ooh, yikes. They were grooming me. (laughs) They were grooming me to give them my money when I was older. Fuck off. Um, Unfortunately, I've had a few people that have fallen into Mm -hmm. that thing. And they're lovely people. And I'm just like, "Mm, you know, when you die, you just go into the ground. Yeah, well, you know, it's all a, uh, I think it's all just a reaction (laughs) to that. Like that scary, scary death thing. You know, we're the thing that we're most afraid of. And so in order to, like, appease our fear um we latch on to this myth myth all mythology you know yeah latch on to stories and i latch on to horror stories and tell my own and others latch on to well the horror stories that are from the bible (laughs) (laughs) think that that's real and you know what that's great whatever like if you're not hurting other people whatever but the problem is that a lot of times it hurts other people yeah 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 i um what's that old saying i think it i can't remember i think it was Karl marx that said that religion is the opioid of the masses mm, and that is mm-hmm. to you know uh satiate this whole i'm gonna die where am i going after and i'm like yep. nowhere that's yeah, just yeah. what happens like my nieces my sister is very non-religious my whole family is non-religious and mm-hmm. my, my nieces one day i told them about jesus because they're they're um they're god's sister we don't have mm-hmm. that in our family so they're fascinated by it and so they're like, yeah, but so-and-so said that this about the Bible. And I was like, you don't even go to Bible studies. My nieces <laughs> go to ethics classes because right. you can do that instead of scripture. You can mm-hmm. go to an ethics class and they learn really wholesome things like how to be a good friend. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, why, why aren't all kids at this? 
Mm-hmm. But they're not getting taught that at scripture. Um, no. And so we, she asked one day, we were talking about Jesus, and my niece was like, who's Jesus? And I was like, well. <laughs> let me tell you I was something. Like, let me tell you something. I was like, people. <laughs> I was like, Christians believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And my niece was like, what does that mean? And I was like, basically, we're all sinners, and he died to save us. And she was like, <laughs> she's like, you'd believe that. And I was like, oh, well. So many people. A lot of people. <laughs> She's like, oh, that's weird. She's like, I don't even yeah. know who God is anyway. And I was yeah. like, it doesn't, you don't need to know. That's so funny. That's so funny. And, and so, you know, like, you really see, I mean, I'm guessing that the, the makers, the filmmakers that made The Lodge had uh, one or two things to do with religion growing up. And, you know, because you really yeah, see it's just, it's like, it's such a, it's so ingrained. strong. Yeah, it's a strong yeah. presence, this, this idea that you have to, repent and that you know you've, you're a sinner and purgatory and the way that grace yeah. uh you know she after she's completely gone i mean she's mentally just not there anymore and she's mm. set in her ways of, of what she has to do it's like all logic is gone there's no more yeah. reasoning it's just blind faith See ya. that this <laughs> yeah. is what has to happen and, and it's well, really interesting it's that dangerous. they have purgatory because purgatory mm-hmm. is not common it's not a common concept mm-hmm. in a lot of christian denominations so it's yeah. uh uh purgatory exists in mormonism um it exists in devout catholicism and orthodox mm-hmm. catholicism not a lot of christianity has purgatory it's just mm. heaven and hell that is it you do not have an in-between in mormonism you go to purgatory and you basically learn more about mormonism to get out. it's a boring <laughs> purgatory really you're just boring you're, you're basically in <laughs> church all the time in this purgatory well, I, um, think that's until what, you I think that's finally what educate yourself thing. out right that's i want to go to hell that's where all the fun people are going to be from what i hear <laughs> All the gays are going that, there. Who said that? That's like Oscar Wilde said that. I think. I yeah, something about that's um, where all my friends are. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I just, it's going to be pride, pride, pride parades every yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, alcohol's going to be there. Probably mm-hmm. drugs. What kind of hedonism. Yeah. All the intro. Yeah, I mean, what what's the alternative? It's that, or it's like you, you know, the idea. The idea that my mom used to tell me of what heaven was was that, you know, you're like always praising and singing to God, and your whole family is there, and it's as if nothing oh, no. ever changed. I know. No, send me to hell. Send me to hell. No. Oh, fuck that. Exactly. I was like, at least oh. my cool family members will be in hell. That's fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Don't give me that. That's I don't want that. All the squares go to heaven. Exactly. Yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> Nerds. Nerds. <laughs> That's my favorite insult at the moment. Yeah. It's like, you know, nerds. And my, um, I said it to my niece and she's like, honey cat, you wear glasses, so you're a nerd. And I was like, no, I wear glasses because I'm blind. What yeah, the hell? Exactly. Stop that. Seriously. How does like, that being happen? a nerd is cool anyway. It is. Rather, rather be a nerd. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Uh, in the morning, uh, Richard returns to the cabin. Hey, Dad. Welcome hey, back. Hey, Dad. Yeah. It's what happened the last four days, you forever. Fuck. Yeah. Um, 
Grace is out the front yard, completely frostbitten, and completely up. delusional. Um, she has both the kids with her, and she's holding Richard's gun. Yeah. Good one, Richard. Yep. I mean, his name's name. Richard for a reason, right? It has <laughs> yeah. to be. Yeah. Fucking dick. And <laughs> she's basically saying to him, we're, we're all dead. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't help by the fact that she points her gun at herself and yeah. pulls the trigger and it doesn't do anything. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so that further, like, yeah. that propels her delusion. And she's like, like, see? Told you. Told you. I told you about it. Yeah. Um, uh, and Richard tries to retrieve the gun from her, obviously, because they're not dead. Uh, and Grace shoots him in the head, killing him. Which is even more Brilliant. traumatizing for their Brilliant. children because you've got to think about it. That's how their mother okay. died. Now that's how their father's yeah. died. And it's like, oh, fucking hell. Oh, God. Um, so, so bad. It's so horrifying. Um, it's really, it's the ending is so bleak. It's just like, oh, fucking it's hell. Really, yeah. This is, this is a, one of the, one of the darker endings for sure. Yeah. And it's because it's, basically left for you to assume what happens to them mm-hmm. which is the so, best kind of ending i love it yes i, I, I do sure i love a lot of people hate sense. that kind of stuff That's so many people best. hate it but i love it it's kind of like hey this is this is what happens but we're not going to show you you mm-hmm. you get to imagine yourself what you think is going to happen yeah and then that's your your imprint on the film exactly and your opinion that gets to be formed um yeah so the kids rush outside. Aiden tries to drive them away and gets stuck oh, in the snow, which I'm just like, I kind of feel for you kids because this yeah. is really horrible. And now Grace has you. Terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Grace sits the children and Richard's yeah. corpse at the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thanks for joining us for dinner, finally, Dad. Yeah, exactly. Um, and she forces them to sing a church hymn. Now, I highly doubt these, these kids don't. Yeah, these kids don't seem to have a lot of like a religious influence in their life at all. No, except but for like I, the kind of religion things that were in their house, which is probably yeah. just like a general. Like I had that kind of stuff in my house, and we didn't go to church. Yeah, Richard said that the cross was Laura's, which I think like the cross was yeah. hanging on their wall, which I thought was like a weird thing to say because, like, I mean. <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> she didn't seem that religious, but maybe it's yeah. you know, obviously it's a childhood thing, probably you know. And yeah, but I don't know Just how something they know you carry through, and you're like, I guess I'll put it up. Yeah, well, I guess I'll put, I'll put creepy, this cross on my wall. I guess creepy, creepy murder cross. Got to put it on my wall. We had a Mormon Jesus on our wall for a really long time, oh. even after we left the church. And I was like, mm. this is weird. Can we take it down now? Yeah, <laughs> we're not down. even in the church anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Take all that stuff down. Yeah, it's just it, we're not. It's so weird because we're not religious, but we had like a cheap. I don't know. Um, she after making them sing a church hymn, which I'm not. Yeah, I don't know which song it is. Uh, she puts near to be my God. <laughs> oh, you know near. it. Oh yeah, I remember that song. I've heard it. I just feel like church hymns weren't that big here. Oh yeah, no, that was like forty minutes of church when I was a kid. Oh, we didn't, I didn't have to go to church. 
<laughs> that's nice. My dad did growing up. His mm-hmm. his uh, dad's family were all Methodists, so oh. they went to, mm-hmm. to church and sung hymns and then did Sunday school. And I was like, sucked in, Dad. And he's like, and that's the reason I didn't make you guys do it. I was that's like, nice. Ah, that's nice of them. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you. She puts tape over their mouths with sin written on it, leaving the gun in the middle of the table. And then we just have that uh, looming, impending doom shot of the gun, and that's it. That's it. And then the credits credits roll. It's a great ending. It is. I love it. Really great ending. I choose to think that um, they all did. There's no way they're getting out of that. I have a feeling they might be. They've only got one choice, and that's to die. That's That's the only way they're getting out. Yeah, they're real quick. (laughs) Yeah, that whole film is just dread on dread on dread Mm -hmm. on dread on bleak. Yeah. That's how I describe it. Yeah, it just builds, and it it doesn't even build to a, you know, a lot of of those types of movies. It's like I think about um, 2020, I think, was when Hunter Hunter came out which is a horror movie that was like isolation horror also um and that like there's a lot of movies like that where it's dread it builds it builds and then this is just like explosive violence at the end which i also really love love that kind of thing too but this is just it's so it's almost just like lulling mellow dread that you're really you get enveloped in and so like when i'm when i was watching it um, earlier, you know, I'm taking notes and everything, but at the same time, every time I look up, the camera's just like slowly moving in <laughs> on her face. And it's, and then I just kind of get hypnotized by it. And, you know, it's got the really, um, the really low pulsing music. And I think everything about it is just really a, a patient, scary uh, film that deals with, you know, what we're all most afraid of, which is like grief and, you know, um, losing our loved ones and then being isolated in the woods. Like what's scarier than that? (laughs) And it's a great, um, you know, metaphor for how we do isolate ourselves in periods of grief. And especially in like, like Western culture, because we have just a very um, sad and disconnected relationship with death in general. And so when it comes to grieving, it's as if we expected people to live forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rather than accepting our fate. That's exactly right. And we also, it's always so, um, like, let's move, let's move on. Okay. Like, you know, why, yeah. why is it six months past and you're still grieving? You know, this kind of thing, like, don't show it. And then let's get past it really fast <laughs> when yeah. it does happen. Cause it ultimately happens. You're afraid of it happening. We think it's never going to, you know, yeah, we think we're eternal for some reason. Yeah, but then when weird. it does happen, it's it's like, yeah, it's just like, let's keep everything nice and closed down and shut ourselves off and then pretend like everything's normal. I think you see that yeah. a lot. You saw that a lot this, like with the pandemic is people, yeah. like with the amount of death that, that was, was happening and it, it was still like, oh, I refuse to acknowledge that this is happening and we can't talk yeah. about it and we can't talk about the fear of it and because it's totally normal to fear, you know, death. That's, that's obviously yeah. that's totally normal. But it's the it's the way that we, like you said, isolate ourselves and and kind of shut the idea off as if it's never yeah. going to happen. Like that's so unhealthy. 
Western <laughs> culture has a really weird grieving process. Yeah, and yeah. Um, like, I am scared of dying. It's one of my intrusive thought issues that I have a lot, um, especially losing loved ones mm-hmm. and um, imagining them not existing anymore. Mm-hmm. But I know that it's going to happen and I'm okay with it. It's yeah. just sometimes the brain's like, by the way, everyone the way. you love is going to die. And I'm like, no, existential crisis. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah. it's, I, I am, I would consider myself a death positivist and mm-hmm. that it is just normal. It is completely normal. Yeah. You know, and I think like, also, like, I think a lot of people that are really entrenched in the horror scene, the horror community and, watch a lot of movies like this I really think just from who I've talked to and and that kind of thing that we're a little more aware of at least our impending doom you know and (laughs) and so so, but you know like I do think that horror is really good at like helping process those fears you know like when I was a kid I was raised in like a super fear mongering household it was like all fear-based um, teaching from, from my mom. And uh, that's a lot of what I write about in the essay for the Here at Scream anthology. Yeah. Um, and so when you're constantly scared like that and you don't know why, because there's no physical manifestation of your fear, it's just, you're, you're afraid. Once you start getting into horror and you start like putting a monster to it or putting a face to it, it's comforting. And so then I really yeah. think that like after like a lifetime of of watching these things and reading reading these books and you know really embracing the genre I just think that there's like a little healthier perspective maybe you know it's like we're not gonna die from yeah. hatchet like we're not gonna have hatchet no. <laughs> and kill it so it's a little you know whatever but in general you know I'm not going out that dramatically trust me <laughs> no my god no well, it'll be boring <laughs> I always I'm just like ah oh, my death will be boring yeah I can hope. I can hope. And yeah, and I hope it is. Yeah. I really hope it is. Yeah. I, I, I say that I, I have a very morbid sense of humor. And so, you know, uh, don't be surprised when I say things like that. <laughs> <laughs> it just comes out and I'm like, I don't, it's not meant to be interpreted that way. Yeah, it's I like, I'm the same. I just mean, <laughs> it's, I'm not going to die the way that, you know, people die in slasher films. It's, no. it's not going to be thrilling for anybody. Um, I'll just probably be old. <laughs> exactly. You never know. And that's how most of us will go. Yeah, and I hope everybody does. Yeah, I hope everyone does die old. <laughs> I hope everyone dies old. Well, only the, the good die young. And I yeah, told my grandma that's yeah. why she's going to outlive us all. Um, <laughs> well, she actually said that. She's like, oh, is that why I'm going to live forever? And I was like, yeah, you betcha. Sure thing. Well, um, that is The Lodge, a very dread-filled, uh, just, yeah, I just love the filming techniques in this film. It's, Mm -hmm. for that alone, it's worth watching. Yeah, highly recommend. Um, you know, and just, I mean, hopefully everybody's watched it because that, yeah, I mean, I say twist, I wouldn't call it like a twist, but that reveal is really fantastic like the first time it happened and everything it's really great and I was like stop it Mm -hmm. I can't believe you did that and that's why Kat and Jazz told me that those kids get what they deserved they sure do they sure do raise your kids right people (laughs) yeah and don't leave them with a stranger in the woods yes lots of of lessons lots of lessons in this 
have. Jesus. Yeah. People. People these days. <laughs> my sister won't leave her kids with anyone but, like, our immediate family, and that is it. Sure. Never Otherwise, know. it's like, no. No. <laughs> no. Exactly. You don't know. You don't know. Um, so my final question for the mm-hmm. well, second final is what is the last horror movie you watched? Uh, the last? I... Yeah. Okay, so I okay I thought about it, but I have to say two because I watched them in the same night, and that's Caveat <laughs> that's currently on oh, yeah. Shutter. I need to see that at least in the U.S. Really, I really recommend it. Again, it uh, it doesn't like you know break any huge ground, but it is really well made, and it's another kind of slow dread. Nice. Uh, it's it's great. Uh, and then in the same night we watched uh, Fader which was my oh, first cool. time watching Fader and that I highly recommend. It was very creepy. And yeah, I watched um, it once and I need to give it another watch just cause I yeah. wasn't watching it with full focus. I was doing something else and I was, now I'm like, Oh, now I gotta go back. Cause it's yeah. going to be really good. And I wasted like my first watch doing other shit. Yeah. No, go back and watch it. I thought it was, it was really yeah. creepy, really well done. Um, another kind of cult, like, you know, these yeah. cult movies, I love them. Um, yeah, so those were the last two, and I recommend them both. Nice. I watched yeah. two yesterday as well. I watched yeah. Vicious Fun. Oh, which yeah. Was I just read a review. So for good. That. So good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. Uh, yeah. Good fun. Uh huh. Like, it a was lot just, of fun. I love movies like that. And then I watched Fear Street 1994. So. Oh, I haven't watched that one yet. Oh, it's so good. I mean, I'm it's looking so forward good. to it just for the nostalgia, obviously. Yeah. It is, um, and not in the way that you expect. Oh, okay. so, right, cool. Like, there's lots of nods to like um, to Stein and his work and, mm-hmm. and whatnot, but um, just like the soundtrack for me, that yeah. was where my nostalgia nice. all was. And so I was like, yes. I oh, even I like quickly it. put together a soundtrack and like posted it on Twitter. I was like, here's all the songs from the movie. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm gonna go find that because yeah, I, I tweeted it like earlier today. It was oh, the soundtrack for it is. Oh, I can't Just because, like, I, yeah, all the, all the, they have, like, Radiohead and mm. um, uh, Rob Zombie mm. and mm-hmm. then, like, ah, uh, it's, oh, it's so nice. good. They have, like, Iron Maiden on there and yeah. I was like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Cool. This reminds, it's like obviously in 94 I was only five years old, but mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. as I got a little bit older, my aunt, uh, who's only, like, 12 years older than me was listening mm-hmm. to all that music and yeah. so it was like her nostalgia music but yeah. it was like the first time I was listening to it That's so awesome. it was really cool yeah I really loved it cool okay so where can listeners find you on social media uh well I'm on Instagram at the sleeper must awaken and I'm on Twitter at lady script writ. so nice and easy yeah, those are those are my places. I'm on Instagram a lot more than I'm on Twitter because I can't find like short, funny things to say that'll drum <laughs> up. You know, <laughs> I, I'm not very good at like the what's your last picture that you posted. I don't know. I don't do Twitter real good. <laughs> uh, see, I love Twitter because it's like other. It's just quick little snippets. It's like word yeah. vomit done. I'm out. Instagram where I actually have to think about what I'm writing. I'm like, oh shit, I don't, I don't know. That's so funny. You know, Instagram is where I've engaged the most with yeah. like, other writers, other screenwriters, and other horror lovers, and, yeah. and it's like 
so it's I, I have nothing but good things to say. I mean, about the oh, that, that platform for yeah. sure. I'm just not witty enough just to travel. be on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> we, got, just, we have like, we have opposing uh, issues with these. <laughs> yeah, that's why, like, with the Harris Scream Instagram, I'm like, what do I need to? Oh fuck, I don't know. And I work in like I have to manage yeah. social media yeah. for work, and I'm just like, ah. oh, that's but anyway, you'll digress. find something. It'll be I'll great. The page looks great. <laughs> Thanks again to Jerry and please check me out in all places mentioned. Uh, thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please leave a rating and review to catch all the latest from me. You can follow my Twitter at catstead underscore. You can follow me on Instagram at the same place, but it's not that interesting. Uh, it's just pictures of my cats. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at TGIF pod. You've been listening to TGIF. See you next Friday.